0: Hello everyone, and welcome back. Tonight we are going to list this. Welcome back. Uh, My name is Josh. As always, I am joined by Cameron. Hey everyone. And Jim. Hey, what's up guys? And tonight we are going to list top five screen dads in honor of Father's Day that just happened. We're going to list our top 5 movie and TV dads. We were going to do movie or TV, but we decided to kind of roll them into one because we weren't that familiar with dads. Trying to <laughs> narrow
1: down the dad yeah. list yeah to just one.
0: So, I'm actually very excited about this list, and I hope you guys are too.
1: I think after like actually generating the list, I'm a little bit more excited because I do like a lot of these characters on mine?
2: Like, I wasn't sure at first, and then after my list was ready, then I like I actually liked what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. So after a an intense game of rock paper scissors, we have determined that Jim will go first to, uh, this episode. So Jim, start us off with uh, number five. Uh,
1: right. Number five. Awesome. Um, so my number five is both the father and the name of the movie. John Q is. Um, Basically what happened in that one is he his son wasn't getting the health care And so his name is John Quincy Archibald, which is where the name the title comes from Um, But why I like this so much is because of what he did for his son His son was incredibly sick wasn't getting the help that he needed So this guy took an emergency room hostage until he could get the health care that his son needed obviously was that, com- was that Denzel Washington? Yes, that was Denzel Washington. Yep, Denzel Washington. Yep, in the in the movie John Q.
2: Um. Also, I want to know what the rest of your list is because a man's saving his dying child in a hospital <laughs> so ward. The reason
1: there's a reason why he's number five on my list because while I like I commend what he did and the lengths that a father you know he shows the lengths a father would go through for his child. I feel like. The actions that he took were, which is, I mean, discussed a lot in the movie. The actions that he took were extremely extreme, um, and that's kind of why I put it down a little bit lower.
0: Uh, spoiler alert: like the kid didn't make it, and that's why it made number five. On Jim's <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've yeah, actually no, never seen it. So no, I don't that's know yeah. I I ones. I mean, he, the kid ended up ends up getting the healthcare that he needs. Like you know, doctor goes out of his way because he likes what he did as a father and. You know, decides to, to to take care of this kid and end up being okay. Um, I don't fully remember if John Q. ended up going to jail for it. I think he did because this is a pretty serious crime, even in a movie. There's no way that they're gonna let him off. But the satisfaction of the fact that his kid is. Is okay. You wasn't took the for whole him.
0: Build is, building hostage? But it's cool because your kid was sick, so we'll just kind of let this one slide.
2: Yeah, yeah, so you know it's funny because I didn't put this film on my list and I remember it clearly because I watched it when I was younger, but I could never remember what the title is. And now it's, I remember what yeah, the title is. John Q. But originally I was thinking about putting this one on my list, but I couldn't figure out it out. Oddly enough, I is, watched so. it
1: in my business law class at college because it had a lot of, uh, um, you know a lot of stuff that we you know yeah legal stuff that we had to end up discussing and i think we wrote like a short paper anyways so that's why he is my number five just because i commend what he did i love the idea of him going so far out of his way but you know at the same time it was really extreme and a little bit off of the the realism spectrum
0: yep was not even aware of that, so that's a. It's, it is a great choice. movie. Yeah, I it's am going it, to go watch it. It's a
1: great movie. It's it very movie. moving. It's a very powerful movie. So expect to go on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. What
0: but, Denzel movie isn't like powerful? This is fair. <laughs> that's is, that's
2: true. Is, yeah, I think that was actually the first movie I saw Denzel in. Funny enough, because I was so young Remember at the time. The Titans, man, honestly, I saw yeah. *The Titans* after that.
0: I will. Uh, I will go see it. Do it. Cool. So. uh... My number five—you guys might not even know who this is—but Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh my god, Tim Allen for home improvement.
2: That was unexpected. <laughs>
0: I don't—I don't know. I just—it's—it's a it's, uh, kind of a nostalgia thing. Or yes, it was Friday yes, night. Yes. It was TGIF. Tim. You know, I don't even remember if that was a part of TGIF, but um, I do remember Boy Meets World was, and that made me cry. But. Uh, <laughs> That's a different list. Um, <laughs> those are, that's the list of things that made me cry. Um, so yeah, but Tim the Toolman Taylor—I feel like uh, I watched was, that on was
1: fantastic. ABC Family, and he was just a town. good
0: time, and it was just like the dad—he he cared for his kids, and he just wanted to make things, and and he just was a complete
2: moron. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it was a fun show, though. Yeah, I mean, I was he great. was. Though I think he would probably make my dishonorable list, honestly, (laughs) because he's constantly putting his family in peril by breaking (laughs) things in the home, but, I mean, because, like, sometimes walls explode and stuff, like, I always wonder, like, what if his child's standing there? (laughs) Sometimes watching that show, I wonder how his wife stayed with him. Yeah. For all like the, some time, of the stuff that, that he pulled. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's like, like
0: probably would have killed her. Like was <laughs> some kind of
1: device. I think either number five or dishonorable is very fitting. I but, think that's but, yeah, I it think was, it's fair. I mean, no, it's, it's a good show. Yeah, too. he definitely just,
0: wasn't high on my list. It was just more of the like nostalgic fun factor yeah, it was just fun to watch and
1: yeah. um day to day life. Yeah. Tim Allen. Yeah. That's a good choice.
2: Alright. So for my number five, once my list pulls up here. So I went with more of, like, an action-oriented number five, and I went with Liam Neeson and Taken. So the dad in Taken, I mean, he travels across the world, beats up a whole bunch of people, and rescues his daughter, all in the span of a feature film. So it's great. He's, I
1: mean, he's he,
2: got skills. He goes further than most dads in most movies, and that's what I think is so great. Like, he drops everything... Just with the idea that there's something going wrong that can't be fixed and just immediately puts himself in a position to go help her or, you know, get himself killed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm actually surprised he didn't make it higher on your list because that's like mm. quintessential, like, you're going to kidnap my daughter, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get well, her back. Part of the of problem
2: for me is that after I saw Liam Neeson in that, I feel like he's playing that same dad in every other movie Liam Neeson's in. So I kinda just I I just like Liam Neeson fatigue at that point. So just stop watching Liam (laughs) Neeson movies? But that's I I know I need to do that. I think I kinda see what you're
1: saying, because it did kind of put him in that role of like now he is like a badass and almost everything he plays.
2: Well and also on top of that, when you take into consideration taken two, it's kind of his fault that they get kidnapped, that the like like the wife and daughter get attacked.
0: I don't think I ever saw Taken
2: two. So I never watched the first one. All the people that he killed were children of older mob bosses, and they come to <laughs> hunt him down. Oh, great. So it's like their children were taken from them, so they're hunting him so down. So it was mob bosses. So Robert De Niro was in that, I'm no, guessing? No, this is not or... the 80s and 90s. I get what you're get had what it what been, yes, it would have been Bruce Willis Plus instead here, of Liam yeah. Neeson with Robert De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, that's... So he ends up putting his own family in peril. And I don't even know what happens in Taken 3, but at that point... he Probably the same thing. That's... I think he
0: fights a wolf, right? Or is
2: that... That is a completely different <laughs> movie. It's equally bad. All right. Um, but really yeah. Like it's taken by a wolf. But I think, I think he deserves a part... I think he deserves a place in the top five. I don't think he deserves it higher than that, though. Just for Taken 2. So... <clears throat> Interesting.
0: All right, moving uh, right along to... uh, We're going to head
1: on over to number four.
0: Number four.
1: All right, number four. I'm going in a completely different direction because my number four pick has to be Jimmy Neutron's dad. (laughs) What a weird pick. It is extremely... But you know what? It falls (laughs) into the parameters, and I love him because he's such a goofy, just, like, crazy... Idiot, lovable, and you know, but it, it, he's on my list because he. I grew up watching Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, I did not. I, so, I did not. I did so. not. So I'm out. I did not. <laughs> I grew up watching that. That was like right around my era of like you know growing up watching cartoons. Yeah. And just like his dad is just very much,
2: I don't know. he's just he's just super goofy and. And he's just just, so animated. I mean, obviously the whole show's animated. In his actions he's animated. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like his dance, his dance is unforgettable. It's like his goofy. Like his duck dance or whatever where he like quacks and yeah. And it yeah, no, he is a fun character. Yeah, I guess. And I think that's why I
1: love him so much. Like he didn't help the show in any way, but he wasn't a detriment to the show. He was just kind of another like piece that was there to bring that family together.
2: He gives jimmy like random bits of good advice though like to be fair he does yeah he does
1: pull like jump into a father role and like helps him with you know like like in terms of like growing up um by giving that like
2: normal fatherly advice yeah no that is i mean that is an interesting pick it's definitely a good pick yeah
0: all right i'm back No, we're not talking about (laughs) um yeah i had nothing to, to say to that I just realized, though, that I think I may have a list of terrible dads. <laughs> so, going off of that, oh, my man. number four is going to be Bob Belcher. Bob Belcher. From Bob's Burgers. I love Bob. I love yeah. Bob. <laughs> but he's such a terrible dad. Like, he's, just, he's just that absent-minded. He cares more about the... Uh, the burger joint that he does his own kids. Right? He puts his own kids to work for free in the burger joint
1: to keep it running. But at the same time, I mean, his kids are so independent that he's just like, what is he going to do? Know, but like, there's been point.
0: literal moments where he's like, you can skip school today to work in the, the that's burger
2: fair. joint. <laughs> yeah, that's a great dad, too. That's, that's like one of the best things you can have. His relationship with Louise, too, his daughter, is like one of my favorite um, father-daughter relationships in a show. Mm-hmm. It's just such a like interesting and fun relationship to watch.
0: Not yeah. to mention, I just love H. John Benjamin. Yes, who does yes, the voice. yes. I love. Agreed. him. I'm just yeah. a sucker for anything that he, you know, he had a um, a short show on Comedy Central called John, uh, H. H. John Benjamin, Benjamin or John Benjamin Has a Van, mm-hmm. and it's just like a sketch comedy or like this weird mix of like him going out on the street and catching people off guard. And like these weird sketches and stuff. And it was just really... It was like straight up his alley. Like what you would yeah. imagine he would do is like...
2: Not, not to mention he plays Archer who has an episode with the beginning where he is Bob Belcher. Yep. Yes. But in the Archer universe. And, and um, Archer you know. who is also
1: technically a dad.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So fits in as well. But any dad, going back to Bob's uh-huh. any dad who... Because one of my favorite lines that sticks to me to this day is he goes, I'm gonna go but I'm not going to like it. Oh, I'm going to complain about it the entire time. Like any dad that like, like just, I says believe it, that like, was that's, the
0: dinner theater episode.
1: I, I think so. <laughs> oh. but, like, I like
0: weird. I like remember that exact moment
1: weirdly enough, but like, that's just, I mean, we've all been in that same, so like this is very relatable in so many ways. And just hearing that like in H. Sean's voice is like, yeah, exactly. So,
0: <laughs> and I love complaining. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Bob Belcher, my
2: number four. It's a good choice. All right. So, for my number four, I went with Mufasa from Lion King.
0: Man, I really... I had him on my list, like, two different times, and he just didn't make it. At, like, at the end of the day? Yeah. But I, actually, I, I he thought was, about like, it, the I, first name that I added on my list, and he just kind of got bumped so, up the more I yeah. had him. So,
2: I was battling with this, and the reason why I was battling with this is because, honestly, he's not really in it for long enough to do very much, but he is the, like... Pivot point for what turns the whole story on its head. He, he's, he's the such driving a force. He leaves for such a lasting impression, and he does. And it's like the most memorable scene in the entire film is him dying. And not only that, but he basically dies to save his son too. You know, in the way that he ends up doing it, he's sacrificing himself. Not to mention day. like him coming back later in the movie
1: as like the the spirit, in a sense. Yeah. To
2: To just continually guide him and Uh they even portray him of like among the stars and I think that's so great because it's like that idea of like following the stars to like where you want to go. Yeah, so I think he's a really good like father character.
1: And it's James Earl Jones.
2: And James Earl Jones. yeah,
1: Another fantastic voice
2: actor. (laughs) Another fantastic voice actor who played a dad that wasn't so good in another series. Well, we may (laughs) get to that in a bit. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? I I I just wanted to say
0: that. Um, Yeah, like uh, Lion King was a... Quintessential movie in my day and age because I'm an '80s and '90s kid, and so I remember seeing it like the dentist office and you know watching it at home in my VHS tapes and
1: Mm -hmm. you know I don't think I I, I don't think I saw it in
0: theaters, but yeah, it's just one of those movies that I still if I go back and watch it now it still hits me emotionally yeah Yeah. like probably just as hard as it did you see the you see the water buffalo coming
1: down the hill and you're just like. Well, the no. but... Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> so sue me, okay? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Mufasa. Yeah, yeah. Mufasa,
2: yeah. I think he's a good character. Solid choice. All right.
0: Although he did not make my list, I do appreciate that he made it on one of you guys' I do. Lists. I do as well.
2: Because he, didn't make he so almost made it, he made it on my list. list as well. He didn't make his son's life. That's it's unfortunate. Ouch. <laughs> uh,
0: with that, we're going to move right on to number three. Number three.
1: Cool. My number three pick is... Um, Basically from the same universe. I went with Zeus from the Disney animated Hercules movie.
0: Um, We just had this talk the other day. We did just have this talk the
1: other day, which may or may not have been the inspiration for this. (laughs) Um, But that is, growing up, even still to this day, that is my all-time favorite Disney movie. And the more I thought about it as I was coming up with this list, the more I was starting to think about how much I liked this Zeus character as a dad. Um, Because in in, in normal Greek mythology, Zeus is not exactly the best person in the world, but he basically loses his son and has no idea whether he's dead. And when it's discovered later, he does what he can, even though Hercules is not allowed back on Olympus yet until he becomes a hero. Zeus is still doing what he can through the statue and still trying to guide his son as best as possible, listening to his stories. With just pure excitement that like a kid is telling his dad a story, and it's like it feels really relatable in terms of like a, a father son, a
2: true father son relationship. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I I agree. Like I like I like I love Hercules. I thought about putting his dad on the list. I feel like this is going to be a continuous thing for yeah. some reason. All the movie dads <laughs> were, were finding the same one. But I thought about didn't it. Make the, my list. The reason list. the reason why I didn't put him on my list is because his son gets kidnapped and he just kind of like he cares for a day and then he just doesn't anymore and, and that's, that's
1: a thought that revolved around in my head a little bit because i thought about the same thing Of, but it put in that situation we don't see exactly what happened on olympus after the fact because we see zeus sending out all the gods to search for you know to search yeah. for him and they're like you know he's he's going nuts over it but we don't see what else is happening because the story is focused on hercules and not on zeus so we're, you know, we're watching him, but we can only assume that Zeus is, like, broken up about it for a certain time. But, like, this movie is span over, like, 20 or 30 years because we're watching Hercules grow up. And Zeus has no idea what's really happening. So it's pretty, it, you know, he has to get to a point where, you know, he has to move on, unfortunately, until he discovers his son is alive.
0: So I've only seen parts of Hercules, like mm-hmm. what I've seen at your yep. house when I was over yeah. there. But it kind of, to me, it kind of seemed like a pretty good parallel to Mufasa, where he's guiding his son along to get to his ultimate goal. Yes. Whether or not something later on in the movie changes that, I don't know, because I've only seen, like, the first half, whatever, but... Um, would you agree that it's at least a temporary parallel to Mufasa, where he's guiding Hercules, kind of too?
2: I can I can kind of see it. What I I prefer Mufasa more because, like we talked about, he is leading him like from the stars. He's leading him from the afterlife, so he's going like even more above and beyond. Which mm. whereas Zeus has like godlike powers and he never never really does anything. He doesn't really hurt Hades in any way, even though he kind of knows that Hades took him. And I, I just don't think he does enough, which is why he didn't make my list. But yeah, but I do love that movie.
0: So my number three um, on my list of terrible dads apparently <laughs>
1: uh, is going to be Peter Griffin. Yep, I knew that it was going to um, be on your list somewhere. Oh, I... Family
0: Guy. Um, <laughs> he, trust me, he didn't make my list because he's a good dad. <laughs> it was top five dads. This is yeah, top oh, five yeah. dads. So. I wasn't going up. See, I made I blazed my own trail. I made there my list go. of top five like most enjoyable. This is my top five dads that I really enjoy watching. Okay. and. Weird. At the end of the day, all of the crap that he puts them through, there's this weird thing where he's, like, trying to look out for them. He just, he's like, he's like Tim Allen. He just kind of (laughs) tends to put them in danger. And then there's, like, that kind of that moment towards the end of the episode and pretty much all of them where he's like, Look, all right, let me put my serious dad hat on and, you know, I messed up or something like that. Or I had this revelation.
1: I do have to admit that he does, we do see that several times, many times throughout the entirety of this show is, you know, he does have his ability to come around and, you know, like, actually give some fatherly advice, no matter how bad it is, but he's trying, though, and that, like, is a huge mark in my book
2: for a lot of that type of stuff, so I do have to give him that. So I do agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair enough. (laughs) I I think he's the kind of dad that, like, if his kids weren't in the show, he wouldn't notice, I think, which is...
0: You know, let, okay. it be, let it be known that Cameron had a very disappointed look <laughs> on his face
2: before he said that. <laughs> that's because I don't even like him enough to put him on a dishonorable list. That's, that's fair. <laughs> um,
0: in all honesty, I put him on there because, again, because he's he's really fun to watch and all the situations that he kind of puts himself into. That, so that's fair. though. Yeah. Really yeah. enjoyable. So, like, and plus the the Family Guy episodes are just really rewatchable. I've been watching them over and over again since they you know they started coming out like the early two thousands. And, uh,
2: for, for me, I was always more of a Simpsons guy, too, so I'm always more for Homer than I am for Peter. And so that's... there's
0: there's three different types of people, right? There's Family Guy people, there's Simpsons people, and there's South, South Park, Park people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's... I do happen to like all three of them, but yes, I do, I do, well. do see that... Um, I do see that as well and speaking of Simpsons, I love the Family Guy Peter Griffin yeah. Homer
2: Simpsons crossover. I love that Bob Belcher's in that too. Yes. Briefly. Ever yes. so
0: briefly. So we have like these all these like crossovers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the DC fantastic. TV universe, right? Yeah. Everything just kinda crosses over. Yeah. Fantastic.
2: Like, For my number three, it's gonna be Daniel Hilliard, I think is his name, from Mrs. Doubtfire, which is played by Robin Williams i really really love the movie and i love the lengths that he goes through to be with his kids he doesn't do anything to the point where he gets recognized for being with his kids but he's he's just trying to be with them as much as he can and i think that's so important in the movie like just the way they portray him he doesn't he gets the opportunity where he could just walk away honestly and not have anything to do with his kids lives and it's really just not what he wants which is, it kind of shows a 360 from, or a 180 from what they're trying to portray him as in the very beginning of the movie, or what his wife is trying to portray him as. And I, I just think it's such an important character for cinema, honestly, just for all of those different lengths that he goes through, and changing his appearance, changing his sex and, like, everything, or his outward appearance. It's
0: actually yeah. pretty emotional, considering the fate of Robin Williams it to, is. like, try to be with yeah. his kids and, yeah. and uh sorry to bring the mood down but that's no like I mean it does that,
2: bring I think that's yeah. that's what I wanted is like it does bring the mood to like a certain level because he was just everyone's dad in that movie everyone who fell in love with that movie it was the same thing so yeah
0: there was a part in that to kind of bring it back up where he throws the fruit at the guy and he said he's like what was that and he's like drive by fruiting <laughs> and like I didn't know what that meant for the longest time because I was young. <laughs> But I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and it still makes me chuckle whenever I hear
2: it. I, I still enjoy going back and watching that movie, and that doesn't happen with a lot of like older movies, especially that a lot of times they kind of fall out. But that one still stands up.
0: I mean, I think going back, I think it kind of has to do with Robin Williams just a, being a staple of, like... Because yeah. you can go back and you can watch Hook. Yep, You can watch... Yeah, you can watch Flubber and Jumanji.
1: Jumanji. Yeah, I love Jumanji. I watched most of uh... Hatch
0: Adams, which is a really like out of left field movie, but I really enjoyed that. I could probably go back. I mean, even Goodwill
2: Hunting. He's like a dad like character in that one too, and that's I just he's so good at playing a role that makes you feel for him and for the characters that he's Mm -hmm. supposed to feel for, and that's that's what I think is so important.
0: Mrs. Delpryre, kind of a, it is a dad. It's just weird to say Mrs. Delpryre. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We're gonna head over to number two. Number two. Right, my
1: number two pick is going to actually be Scott Lang, uh, like Ant-Man. And yes, I know it is like a comic book superhero thing, but he is a father. And if you really think about the, the most recent Ant-Man movie, and that's all I'm based off of, because it is on screen, is the like he is trying to do so much for his daughter. So much so that he took that heist, you know, if, if you've seen the movie, if not, then spoilers. Um, he took the heist, which actually ended up leading him to be Ant-Man in some way, but, like, he still is doing everything for his daughter, even towards the end of the movie, when he's in the, the big final, you know, final battle. He's really trying to save his family, no matter how much his, like, ex-wife, like, hates him at that point, is the only reason that, like, he's still around is because of his daughter, and... it it just a lot of that you know on top of just him being a fun character because that's how his you know that's just how his character is but just like the length that he goes through like to be a dad
0: you guys had these weird parallel, like, like, similar parallel of characters where it's like <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire and, and Scott Lang. I never thought I would see like a <laughs> sort of parallel between those two characters, but it's like, it's a guy who cares for his kids. He does these crazy things to, like, help his kids out and be near him and all And it stuff. makes for a
1: great, like, movie, you yep. know, while, we're, while yep. we're watching it, so yeah. But, I mean just I don't know what it is. I just
0: love Ant Man and I love Paul Rudd. Yeah. Like when I, I when I heard the, Rudd, those yeah. two things I think you know, if he was it, playing Ant Man.
1: If it wasn't for Paul Rudd, he wouldn't be on my list at all. I think like Paul Rudd is what really made Scott Lang as, you know, this character in the movie. Like he it, it made a huge difference.
0: I've always said Paul Rudd kind of feel to me feels like the the dude next door where it's like I would just want him to come over and like yes. hang out and play video games. It's yeah myself yeah, like, yeah. Out with Paul Rudd. Yeah. And He's such a likable guy. <laughs> Paul Rudd's actually one of my favorite actors, so I, I, I really agree. appreciate yeah. That. So my number two is going to disappoint Cameron a lot. Wow. Um, my number two is Brian Mills, who is better known as Liam Neeson in Taken. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have gotten this far. You've probably listened to the previous, like, what, 20 minutes or whatever, yeah. where Cameron yeah. specifically said... I don't think that Liam Neeson and Taken should be any higher than number five. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is there's my number okay. two. <laughs> okay,
2: but I will say, you told me that you only saw the first movie. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. if you only see the first movie, he doesn't, like, he's only doing everything for someone else. So he's, like, completely yeah. infallible. Uh,
0: I mean... Sure. Well, I mean, I only,
2: I only watched the first movie. He's
1: not even on my list, so.
0: <laughs> like, in all fairness, like, who does he have to compete with on my list? Like, Tim Allen blowing up walls. Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin. Yeah.
2: The so. man who goes across the world to beat up people to save his daughter. That is your best choice so far. <laughs>
0: um, but, yeah, I I, I kind of made the point earlier where it's like he, yeah, he goes across the world to save his daughter, and he's... uh you know, I have a daughter, and if she got kidnapped, I would probably do whatever it took to get her back. And he's just such a badass, and um, felt like he deserved a higher spot on my list. And that, yeah, he's he my number two he could, because though. he's awesome and because he rescued his daughter.
1: And he is—I mean, I mean—you're right. He looked like an like a badass the entire time. Like, you know, he was just mm-hmm. knocking skulls and doing like anything, like pretty much a badass. He took like every action trope like from previous movies and like compiled it all into this one like father out on a mission to save his daughter and like that was i i love that like as a movie that they did that on top of like you know just liamisa just being an overall like just amazing
0: i i think you can bring up a good point too with the it, you know it's it's nothing we've never seen before right we've all seen yeah. it before but yeah. it still feels fresh the way that he goes about doing it and i also appreciate the, the fact that the plot calls attention to, like, sex trafficking because that is a huge, yeah.
2: you Human know, epidemic. State. So yeah. I do appreciate... World, it. While yeah. I
0: don't necessarily agree that they exploit it for, like, monetary gain or whatever, but that's a whole different thing, but...
2: All right. So for my number two, and I'm, sit here, I'm sitting here considering, like, fiddling around the, with it... I'm
0: watching him play on his phone. I'm just, <laughs> like, looking... It I'm looks not. like he's changing his number number I have him.
2: deleted yeah. my number two repeatedly throughout this whole recording. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> and it's gone back and forth between these two. I'm, I'm just going to go with the one that I originally had on there. Uh, so I'm going to go with Alfred from the Dark Knight trilogy. And as like a father figure, since obviously Bruce didn't so have There's a father parents, figure. Right. Yeah. So I, I chose him because throughout those movies, he kind of tries to take a, like a step for Bruce, and he tries to raise him as his own which, you know, is a huge undertaking in that situation. And then Bruce ends up going off on his own anyway and just kind of leaving without telling anyone. And then when he comes back, from the moment he comes back, Michael Caine's character is already there for him. Alfred's just there for him immediately. And throughout the rest of the trilogy, he's there for him. And the trilogy ends with him still being there for him. And I think that's what's so important. He's the only kind of guiding light that Bruce has throughout the entire trilogy, and he's the only consistent person that Bruce has throughout the entire trilogy. So I just think he's such an important figure. And he's an important father figure throughout. I mean, like we talked about like comics a little bit earlier, too. And that's one of the reasons why I've loved him. But for the movies, I thought the Dark Knight trilogy specifically did a great job of showing that. Showing how he is as a mentor and what he tries to do to raise Bruce in the best ways that he can. Yeah, I specifically like Alfred
0: because he's such a secondary character, but he's such an important character.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like
1: without there, without Alfred there would be no Batman. I I think there exactly. would be no Batman, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like he's he's he plays second he plays second or even third fiddle, right? If you want to go Batman, Robin, Alfred or whatever, right? He plays in such like a the back seat, but he's so vital, like you said. If he's not there, Like,
1: you wouldn't have all this. And that does, like, lead into Alfred's, like, even more of a father figure because you bring up, like, you know, Batman and Robin, you know, Batman and, like, Batgirl. Yeah. Like, all those. Like, he is still, like, being a mentor. Like, he still is, like, a mentor character. And, like, going back to the movie, like, you know, Michael Caine's Alfred... Was very, very fatherlike. like I feel like even more so than any of the other, yeah. like, Alfred that we've seen in the past. Including, like, being able to give him... Like, he gives him fatherly advice, like, several times in the movies. And, like, he is very much...
2: Yeah, and you see him, too. And, like, if we're since we're going with on-screen in general, you also have Batman the Animated Series. Where you also see him playing kind of a different fatherly role. He's He often treats Bruce like it's more of you're an idiot. Like, consistently. He's constantly... <laughs> Judging him for how he stays up, he doesn't eat, he works himself too hard. But he's also, again, there in that way to make him think and to mentor him and to help him. And in that show, you do get to see him be a father to the whole Bat family. Since Bruce kind of plays that role to, like, the different Robins and the Batgirl. But Alfred is the one that is there to comfort them. And that's kind of the difference. Yeah,
0: Um, Alfred in the Gotham series is also kind of like that. Yes. yeah, Where he's, like, he does what he can... But he also knows that in the end he works for Bruce, so there's only like, so much that he can do.
1: Bruce also has to be able to learn himself too, and like Alfred like sees that. I think in every single iteration, where like he you know, he can only do so much. At a certain point, Bruce is gonna go do what, Bruce or Batman or however you want to look at. Yeah. Wants to go do what he wants. And so when he comes back he tells him, like, you know, I hate to tell I hate to say I told you so, but you know, we I said that this is gonna happen and look at you now. Like, you know. Yeah.
0: Which is funny, they they I know we're gonna wrap this up, but they take yeah. a little bit of a different approach in Gotham where he actually he's an ex like secret service or whatever like whatever he is. And so he'll actually show up to where Bruce is in trouble and fight his way out of it and rescue Bruce which is kind of a thug thought was an interesting uh,
2: and on that note just because I always encourage people to read comics Gotham's Alfred is very much based off of uh, Batman Earth 1 written by Jeff Johns and it's a very similar thing uh, Alfred's always been kind of like an ex-military operative but they take it to an extreme of showing what he can actually do his skills and stuff. right yeah so, and that's that's what I love about Gotham's Alfred. Even though I didn't particularly love the show, I did love that portrayal. And the Earth One comic book, they're they're very similar. Yeah, cool.
0: Good number two, even though he's not really a dad. He could be a dad. He but could have other kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's
2: just he's a dad. In I think he's a dad in the most important way because blood doesn't matter. It's about who you care about. And this is and the I first like father figure. Right. All of our other ones, we're, have ed- been, we're like have. We're going to edit dads. some
0: audience going. Aw.
2: Aww. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, and with that, we're going to dive right into number do, do, do,
2: do. one. Number one. All
1: right, awesome. So my number one choice is going back to some of the animated, like, you know, Disney, Pixar stuff. But it's actually Marlin from the Finding Nemo movie. I He had to be, as soon as he popped in my head, he was without a doubt the number one on my list. And Cameron has a look on his face I was like, didn't you, uh, didn't very, you say more uh, as a joke
2: uh, to me? It was, yeah. You can keep going. You can keep going. That's fine. It's, keep talking about finding Nemo. All right. Um, I,
1: you know, for being a single dad, too, I think this is, like, one of the only ones, as far as I know on our list, who's, like, really, with the exception of probably Alfred, who is a single dad. In, you know, like, you know, in many different ways. But, you know, he, like, the lengths that also he goes to in, you know, along with, like, you know, John Q, just in a little bit better of a way. The lengths that he goes to to try to save his son. And, like, you know, just going across the ocean as much as, like, the adventure that they go on and not exactly always smart decisions. They don't always go into the greater places and, you know, maybe shouldn't have survived some of these ones. But, you know, the point is, like, you know, he went across the ocean, and he grew so much as the father from the beginning of the movie just because of the the fact that at the beginning of the movie, he was a very, like, controlling, you know, like, you know, you can only go here and back, and that's it. Like, I don't want you doing anything else. I don't want you saying anything else. I don't want you talking to anybody else. I don't want you here, and I want you home. So at the end of the movie, not only does he trust his son a lot more because of the adventure that both of them went through, but he knows that his son and himself can also handle it, and he's in a very like you know much more familiar and trusting environment. So and now Cameron.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I I'm smiling because he almost made my dishonorable. So he's not my dishonorable, but he almost was. He was okay. on. I had a list. names was almost on there, and the reason why is because you mentioned this growth, and he does kind of have a growth. He pushes his son to run away. Which is the first thing which happens like you know p- parents disagree with their children and stuff like that happens and this one just happened to be extreme because of the situation nemo was placed in but the problem that i have is he grows throughout the first movie and then we see the second movie and he's back to being the same type of pushy father that he was okay before.
1: i haven't seen like the new okay. one so i think i'm basing like solely so solely off, the off first, of the first so, one yeah.
2: i can agree because he goes to such extreme lengths and at the same time he kind of becomes a father figure to dory yeah that's true but for me the second one ruins all of that character development because i feel like he just kind of becomes the same pushy dad again and that's what i kind of don't like okay. he doesn't his personality doesn't change he's exactly the same as he was at the beginning of the first yeah one. so he grew so, and then
1: changed until like things settled down yeah. again and, and they were back to normal right yeah and, and see and i and i can see the whole like you know him pushing him away but like you know if you look at a lot of like stuff like Parents make mistakes all the time without meaning to. And I feel like this is like, this falls into the same formula of like, it's not like he did it on purpose. He didn't mean to push his son away. He was doing what he thought was in his best interest, trying to take care of his son after a freak accident that left him with only the one, you know, the one son and one wife.
0: I was going to throw in my two cents and that was going to be kind of my thing is like, stuff happens. I think the reason that I appreciate he's your number one is because. The reason he was pushing him away is because he was trying to get him closer. It yeah. was like this weird, like opposite attract. Yeah. He was, you know
1: Well And he's he's,
2: he's holding on to something. He wanted to protect him. Yeah, he's, he's holding on to something. It was something the last that thing he that he left of his family. It was right. the last
1: thing he lost his wife, he lost all of his other I you know, think, children.
0: I think going off the father's day thing, I think the parents listening will understand yeah. when you have kids and you're like, Hey, I'm just trying to do this to protect you, they don't care. They're like, get away from me, I want to do what I want. They don't no, see that.
2: and me. I completely so, agree with that. It's just it, it, it's just Finding Nemo two ruined that for me just because of the character development. I just believe that was Finding backwards. Dory. Finding yeah. Dory, Finding <laughs> Nemo two, Nemo finds Dory, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, but yeah. No, that's a good choice though. For the yeah. first film I do completely agree.
0: My number one is
1: <laughs>
0: Oh I'm really excited to Uh-oh. tell you guys that. Okay. My number one is Walter White, Brian Cranston and Breaking Bad.
2: Nice.
0: Um, <laughs> um, kind of the same sentiments Yes he's a drug dealer Yes he's a, a kingpin Or he becomes a kingpin But it's, it's the way that Brian Cranston portrayed the character It was the writing in the show It was all these things that kind of like He became the enemy but you're still cheering for him and you're still, you know, he's dying, so you obviously have kind of like a soft spot for, for people who are terminally ill. And all of this was in this weird way to protect his family, or so he made you believe. I mean, I think you find out later on he was kind of a little more selfish than he was looking out for his family. He began to kind of like it. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen this? Yeah. yeah, I mean, as I it
2: goes on, I mean, spoiler alert, for the series he does kind of change and yeah. he becomes... His character development makes him less likable yeah. towards the end, which is the intention. You yeah, can see it throughout the whole right. show.
1: He started with good intentions. No, he he on he did. I think, and that's where I, you know, I can mm-hmm. see your point of it. And,
2: but. Well, and I think there's a difference between Brian Cranston in the beginning. I think that's a different character right. than what we see at the end. Those are two different characters. That's that's how the character development. portrays. Right, so, so my
0: my pick is pre. Yeah, and uh, okay, that's. Bryan I mean, that's at least what I take it as because by
2: the end. The only person that I consider him a father to, which this still counts, is uh the Jesse, Jesse, Jesse Pinkman. Yeah.
1: I was actually gonna say that. That was gonna be my next point is he does become a father figure in some way to Jesse Pinkman because he like yeah. pulls him under his wing. More so he, than his own
0: kids. More
1: so, and he like tries his best to keep him safe as well because he's part of this operation with him.
2: Not not to mention like he commits murder to save him, and that's I'm not gonna say when or anything. If people do not watch the show, I honestly wouldn't want to ruin it because it is a good show. You have to but, watch that show. It's a, yeah, it's a fantastic. No, it's, it is really good Great from start show. to finish and it just he, he is like I guess that's how that, that plays out he starts out as a parent to his own kids and he ends as a parent to someone else completely mm-hmm. so yeah um, that's a good choice but,
0: but again you know my list wasn't necessarily based off of who was morally good it was more enjoyable to watch um, and then I guess just character development and character um, yeah. character in general so yeah Nothing right. like throwing a pizza on a roof.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that was a good choice. So, for my number one, might surprise you guys, not sure? So, so I went with uh, Professor Broom from Hellboy, from Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy, from the original Hellboy movie. Okay. So we're talking about we're talking about this guy who is an American and he's secretly in this Nazi encampment, watches them summon a demon and then takes the demon in and raises it like a normal child, including reading him like bedtime stories as a child. Which is fantastic, like that. by the way. Yeah. Fantastic. So I, I love him to death because he never once treats Hellboy like he's anything other than just a human child. And I think that's so great. And then even when Hellboy's an adult, I love seeing the relationship. I love seeing that father-son, like the son is rebellious and wants to do his own thing. And you've got the father who is trying to still guide him, guide a Nazi demon son, into doing the right things and i think that's such i just think it's so interesting well
1: they did do that as well too like in the movie where he you know as an adult like they did a lot of like flashbacks to the past so like it it leads to like believe that hellboy thinks about this stuff all the time and this like plays into a role in his day-to-day decisions of like you know, my father brought me up like this. My quote-unquote father brought me up like this. Yeah. You know, and this is, like, how he brings himself to, like, make certain decisions. Right. Not counting the rebellious, like, you know, the rebellious sign, But which is not rebellion against his father. It's rebelling against the organization and yeah. the leaders of that organization.
2: And, but he still listens to his father. He still yes. takes his advice. And yeah. I think that's so cool. And even Hellboy 2 starts with him reading... Like, he, he, he dies in Hellboy 1, which is, like, a spoiler, but movie has been out forever. But um, but he dies in Hellboy 1, but then they bring him back in the beginning of Hellboy 2 to show his relationship with Hellboy as a child, and he's just reading him a bedtime story. And I think it's so cool to see that relationship played out in a way that almost makes you forget that this is a little red thing with horns <laughs> and a giant arm. Like, that's I mean, literally a health font. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like literally. And that's, that's what's so cool. I mean, someone who almost destroyed the world in the first movie, that scene makes you completely forget that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love... The fact that the people naming him were so lazy, they're like, what are we going to call his character? He's, he's from Hell and he's a boy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a boy from, from hell. Hellboy. Um, I think he like should make it dishonorable, because if he raised that Hellboy as a human child, there's no way in Hell I'm going to let a human child smoke cigars or cigarettes.
2: The human child doesn't really do that, <laughs> 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 but Hellboy doesn't really do that until he gets older. But I, I think he's a great choice. Wasn't there, because...
0: a, wasn't there a scene where he's like a child and he's smoking? Why I did I make that I don't, I don't know so. if he was like... I, if he
1: was, I don't think he was actually smoking no. like a legit Maybe cigar. Maybe I'm too
0: protective over Hellboy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just... I think, I think it's just so great to see the relationship play out. And especially to see the adult relationship play out. And it's yeah. heartbreaking when you lose him when Hellboy does too. And I think that's so important. Yeah. Alright. Alright. That was a great top five, gentlemen. That was a good top five. Um,
0: I think so. Cool. So... That was our top five TV, or sorry, dads on the screen, which includes TV and movies.
2: So for mine, we're all film. Um, also, is... last note,
0: it doesn't surprise me that your top two were comic book related.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, one of the other top two that I was toiling with, which isn't actually going to be on my list at all, which is funny, uh, is that, that one wasn't a comic book so could have been what, what was it? I was gonna go with Idris Elba's character in Pacific Rim another father figure okay. but to make yeah but okay. we won't go into that one this time you either make the list or you <laughs> that's don't that's another list yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright so we're gonna move along to honorable mentions which is a choice that fell just short of our list which apparently Idris Elba just fell off the list <laughs> completely, even though we didn't make it um but yeah so Jim uh Who's your honorable?
1: All right, my honorable mention for this list is going to be John Winchester from the Supernatural series, and there's Ugh. many reasons as to why he's honorable mention and didn't actually make the list. I actually toyed around with putting him on the dishonorable mention list because Which you should have. Once I explain, I think once I explain my reasons why he made it to honorable, right. you'll open. like okay. He again, this is another example of being a father who he was doing what he thought was best for his children, even though like this wasn't like it wasn't a great situation at all. He could have made way better choices, um, but he was, you know, he was blinded by his own revenge while also trying to raise two boys after a freak accident. You know that, so it's another instance of a father doing what he is thinking is in best interest and trying to raise his children as best as he can while dealing with his own problems. You know, and he does try to make you know make amends for it like later. And you know, if you haven't watched the series, I mean, he does end up you know he does end up dying, but he sacrifices himself for his children. You know, and and like the reason why he didn't actually make it onto my list is because of the way he raised his children was in like not. Like, not a super great way to raise children <laughs> in any way, shape, or form, because there was many times where he was leaving them, um, you know, by themselves for, like, a week at a time because he was having to go hunt something or, you know, which almost put him on my Dishonorable for that reason. And suddenly I forgot the other reason why he was on my Honorable instead of Dishonorable. Because it's Jeffrey D. Morgan. That too. Yeah. That's a fair reason. Yeah, that too.
2: <laughs> but I want to know, Josh, do you have anything to...
0: Um. Well, so let me, let me start it off with a question... Wasn't he the reason that the yellow-eyed demon was attacking, like his family? Or I don't because uh, I'm it's
2: like so long. Yeah, i and yeah,
0: it's been a long time, so I really don't remember. But if that's the case, then that should be enough right there. Like you're the reason your wife
1: got killed. You're dishonorable.
2: For for uh, me, you, you can keep going. But no, like, I actually
1: think it was the wife that ended up doing it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't even remember. I, think it, after, the, I after, think it was I think it was the wife that did it at some point.
1: After, after yeah, so many convoluted yeah, storylines, yeah, yeah, man. 14
0: or 15 season, an hour long episodes of like 30 per season, you yeah. tend to forget things that happened in like season one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, my my sentiments were kind of what you said. You know, he's he kind of abandoned his kids to go fight demons in a way, but I guess you could argue it like he was doing it to keep them safe. But but I think, yeah.
2: See, for me, the problem there is... See, he makes it on my dishonorable. I mean, he doesn't, but in theory he would. Because he has the opportunity either to say, this killed my wife and this killed my kid's mom, and I should pull them away from this before they get killed by it too. He has the opportunity to do that, and he chooses to instead continue bringing them into it and constantly having their lives threatened. And then on top of that, he could have also just let them go they have family members that we've seen throughout the show they have other people they could have gone with he could have let them go so he could have also done that and had his revenge and, and I think that's and yeah.
1: that's where it was very borderline putting him on my dishonorable list as well. But I think those like I, I'm I was sticking more with the fact that like I, I don't know maybe I guess he was doing what he thought was best, and of course he made his own mistakes. And that's I think for some reason that seems to outweigh like really any of the other like you know aspects. In as far as like on screen goes, because obviously none of this is real, like in a real life <laughs> scenario, I would, yeah. you know, no, I'd funny. probably, you know, run a knife in between his ribs, like, you know, for like raising
2: his children that way, but like. Well, and Supernatural starts as a harsh world, and he's. You know, yeah. just He's just trying how to raise his son
1: in in a harsh environment. Because, I mean, he trained them to be the best hunters. Like, you know, obviously, there's other ways. Maybe I should have put Bobby as like their father figure <laughs> since they were already in the world. But, like, See, I, I, was, was Bobby. I will say
2: Bobby was a much better father figure yeah. and more important to both the boys than the dad actually ended Yeah, up.
1: and, you know, if I had thought about it at the time, then I would have made a different decision. <laughs> but, um, all right. So, great yeah. choice
2: with Bobby. And that's. <laughs> all right. So, Josh.
0: My Honorable, um, obviously, if you've listened this far, you know that my list is shit.
1: um, (laughs) It's not. It's good in your own way.
0: My Honorable is Al Bundy. (laughs) Ed Ed O'Neill from uh, Married (laughs) with Children. Um, oh, and the reason that I put him on there, he's a terrible dad. He's a he, <laughs> let's get that out of the way. He's like the worst dad. He's a
1: victim of the time that he was a father.
0: <laughs> but but just again, my list is kind of based off enjoyability and and the character themselves. And again, it's kind of a nostalgia factor where it's I remember watching that show and I'll still catch episodes every once in a while nowadays. And it's just he's really fun to watch. He's like that quintessential '90s guy, where it's like. I hate my wife. I hate sex for whatever reason. Uh, I hate my kids. All I want he to do is He was the was red sit.
1: foreman of like that, yeah. like that. Time, yeah, like, the time period. That's fair. Yeah. He, was,
0: he was like kind of the blue collar. I guess not blue collar because he, he worked in a shoe store, but he it's, I, like,
1: I would consider that because like, I see what you're saying when you say like yeah. blue collar and like that's really working what what is. Like, yeah, or he's, like, blue he's blue a working man. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, that's and, that's a uh, fair choice. Yeah. I do
1: I do enjoy that choice a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He, uh,
0: what was the hold on? We can we can move on to the next. I don't know if you guys have any input on uh, on Al Bundy. I don't. Have a lot I of
1: have control. I have minimal experience with watching that show. I think yeah. like some of the stuff I've seen is like compilation like videos of like his insults or like yeah. you know it's all just like hearing it from other people because I didn't grow up watching that. I didn't you know that either. show. But yeah. it's
2: like catching episodes yeah. It's like catching episodes every now and then. Yeah. So.
1: I kind of figured if
0: you guys didn't catch uh, I don't even remember my list now <laughs> if you guys didn't catch Tim the Toolman Taylor or if it was kind of like out there that Al Bundy would be
2: yeah. even more out there I mean from what I've seen at least actually but. I'd probably put him over Tim the Toolman Taylor Yeah, I so, think I would too yeah. But, just because um, I feel like he
1: was much funnier. Yeah. But As again, like if dad, we're
0: going, if we're kind of leaning into the like the better dad thing, I think Tim would win over. Al. That's
2: because I Tim mean, was at least. You know, I'll just say that my parents have a saying, and this works for the show, uh, but builds character, and I think that's what Alvin does yeah. with his like insults and stuff like that. He builds character. And that's, that's, a, that's kind cool. of how I look yeah. at his it. His
0: kids probably hated him so much that they turned out to be like okay people.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ended up out. Um, then...
0: But if that's not a good enough reason to have my honorable mention, it is because he scored four touchdowns in a single game while playing for Polk High School. <laughs> you just had to... and that's, that's like a recurring theme throughout oh, the show. Is yeah. like, that was his glory moment. Yeah. As he scored four touchdowns in a single <laughs> game.
2: That was his peak. So, so yeah. good on you, Al Bunny. <laughs> All right. So, for my honorable, I went with um Jonathan Kent from Smallville. So, another comic book one, but Smallville kind of pulled away from the so, comic books anyway. So, Supes' dad.
0: Yeah, Earth, but
2: Superman's Earth Dad. Um, what he does in that show specifically and how he raises Clark, he instills the best values that he knows. So, the best way to raise a child, which is like hard work and putting others before yourself and making sure that Clark isn't using his abilities to just beat everyone out and be the best over everyone else, just specifically to be the best. He, he wants him to have reasons for using things, to do things. Um, for all he cares, Clark could never use his powers and just be like a farmhand his whole life. He, if that's what he wants to do, then that's what he wants him to do. And that's – Jonathan Kent, I think, is just a great – I think he's just a great person for, for showing how to raise, like, a kid, especially when you're thrust into it and you're not expecting it, because he is just completely not expecting to be raising a child when he gets one.
1: Isn't that how most of it works when you're raising a your child. You
2: never expect it to happen. <laughs> Usually they don't well, come down in a yeah. spaceship into a cornfield <laughs> that fair. though. That is fair. They don't that literally fair. fall out of the sky. Right. <laughs> and then in Smallville he got hunted down by, Luth- by Luther Corp for Clark's whole life too. So he, yeah. you know, he's hunted down yeah, by a corporation. There's some differences. His child's an problem. alien yeah. that can shoot lasers out of his eyes. You know, it's I, but,
0: I appreciate your choice because I can reference a previous episode that we did. Um, on the DC Good Guys episode where yeah. Superman made cowboys dishonorable <laughs> dishonorable list, yep. Um, and we kind of made the argument. Or, or, I made the argument where I have a buddy that's a big Superman fan, and he says that powers aside, because everybody has always has an issue with like, Superman too powerful, or whatever. But it's kind of what he stands for. Yeah, it was like truth, justice in the American way, and I feel like that started with Jonathan Kent instilling right. instilling because that was
1: like your your down home you know yeah, like farm boy. Yeah, yeah exactly and it's like all of those values are instilled at like it a was young age. He's the
0: all-American like yeah.
1: John Everyman and whatever. you were you were you were talking earlier about how like he's as a father is trying to raise like, a child with superhuman powers like you know otherworldly yeah. powers like you know and and trying to teach him how to use his powers in a much better, in a better way, as opposed to just going and beating the crap out of the kid that's making fun of him, like, you know, you know, but like, there is, because he could just as easily, like, you know, tell, like, you know, not even tell, you know, Superman, or try to hide the fact that, like, you know, that Clark has all these powers, but, like, we see that as, like, almost always being a negative, he, a negative ordeal in any sort of, like, father figure role.
2: And, and I think what's so interesting, too, is they prove, because the, the main story of Superman is that Jonathan Kent always dies, no matter what, he's going to die in some way. And in Smallville, they prove how important he truly is to Clark, because all of those values, he has the option, Clark has the option, once Jonathan dies, to turn on everything, turn after the people that kind of caused this, and he doesn't. He, he becomes exactly what Jonathan Kent was hoping he would become. And he takes a huge risk. I mean, especially we talked about Brightburn in another episode too, and that's an idea of what could happen when you don't have someone like that. It just is.
0: I was just gonna say one last thing. I think you should have made your like. I appreciate that he made your number one. I think the sole reason that he raised the child who could literally melt him with his eyes (laughs) would have constituted. Or, or he didn't make your number one, he sorry. He made you number one. But the fact no, that he know made you mean, like yeah. you know, yeah. Like yeah. Your, list your list or near your list or enough to mention him in this yeah. is that he, he could have snapped his neck with his two fingers. Yeah. He, he how how do you important. raise a kid like that? <laughs> yeah, you know? With the fear how do you get of through his that, like, adolescent like, yeah. rebellious where he's like he flicks his dad and he goes flying across the room? Or,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or when he breaks the truck. Yeah. I mean Alright. But Alright, so moving on to Dishonorables. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Dishonorable.
0: The, the ones that probably my whole list, but uh.
2: <laughs> my dishonorable pick <laughs> is Josh's like cool. list. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I'll allow it. Or honorables that <laughs> should Except be on a dishonorable. Reason. Well,
1: my pick for that is going to be another animated cartoon. You know that I grew up watching is uh, Timmy Turner's dad from Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> Um, so Josh, I have a feeling you're gonna be sitting this one out. <laughs> um,
0: no, I was actually around for fairly. Advanced.
1: Did you really? Okay, so you you this one you know, um, absolute god awful terrible, probably worst dad I've ever seen like on the screen. Yeah. Just because you know if it wasn't for like not just his dad but like his parents in general like this show wouldn't have happened. Like the, the kid was so neglected that like they needed. You know, fairy godparents to like help him. You know, not turn out to be you know a total shithead when he grows yeah. up because of the, the amount of neglect and like the terrible
2: babysitter it, that's chosen that they never see. And it's funny that you bring him up because when you said Jimmy Neutron's dad, yeah, my first one eighty to that was Timmy's dad. Exactly. I was like, that should yeah. be the perfect dishonorable yeah. to match that and there you sure go. Enough, here there he there is. There you go. So it's a yeah. perfect choice because he's terrible. He's, he's never awful. there. He's he is. Going off of things that Josh has been choosing, though, he is <laughs> one of my favorite dads to watch. Yeah, because, because he's also hilarious. I love that's... the voice actor for it too. like yeah. it just
1: like it, it's it's one of those two. On like a better note, like he looks like they made the character look like the voice actor, which is super funny. Yeah, I'm just
0: hoping he's not the same kind of dad that his character
1: <laughs> yeah, is. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah yeah no, yeah he's a so, but... terrible dad. Yeah, he's pants. never there. He's like neglecting, you know, he's he's more worried about his neighbor and what he's doing Dinkelberg <laughs> than anything else. I think you can sum up
0: Timmy Turner's dad in one word and that word would be just oblivious. Yeah. Yeah, you just you kind of you kind of rolled it all into one just now. I'm kind of I'm kind of mirroring what you're saying, but it's just He's not there. He doesn't know what his son's doing and Mm-mm. frankly he doesn't care. Yeah.
1: No, it doesn't no. sound like they care at all. But I do have to give him he does pull into a screen dad trope of he is every so often there to give him a good like, you know, a good piece of advice to kinda keep, you know, Timmy grounded as, you know, like as as growing through his, you know, adolescent teen, early teen years, you know.
0: How do you not know that you have, like, magic going
2: on your The amount of crap that <laughs> yeah, goes on, I don't understand, know. is they always need a babysitter, but why? Where do they go? <laughs> this is never explained. No, nope. And they go away for days at a time sometimes. Where yeah, are they go? Yeah, because he
1: goes on these massive adventures, like, and, you know, they, like, They're nobody even, the babysitter doesn't even know he's gone half the time. Like, well, that's a whole other ball of wax, right? How do they pay the babysitter? Do they work? <laughs>
0: That's right, awesome. Let's really dive into this.
1: Like, going back to your Peter Griffin like Family Guy thing, they made a comment in that where, like he keeps getting like the, the the Peter cop there, like the you know, <laughs> and they're like you know how do you keep paying for this stuff?
0: <laughs> I can tell you a brewery job probably doesn't pay enough to get a, buy a helicopter <laughs> unless he's building it, which makes sense why it always catches.
1: why and why it looks like him. <laughs> All right.
0: Good choice. So, my dishonorable is a little more topical, so it's going to be a little bit more awkward, so I apologize in advance. Um, My dishonorable is going to be Lester Burnham, which is Kevin Spacey's character in American Beauty. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh. That's a hell of a choice.
0: So I yeah, I went with it's funny because my whole list I've been arguing, well, it's just enjoyable. Yeah. I picked Lester Burnham because he's a terrible dad in the in the movie. Yeah. yeah. He's a kind of a pedophilic, lustful uh, yeah, like cheater, just all around horrible person. Yeah, and then the fact that Kevin Spacey has these accusations on him was just kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna pick this <laughs> as my dishonorable because at this Life point they kind arts. of dishonorable. Yeah, yeah. That's,
2: yeah, I that's that's a good choice, but because it's funny because the movie is centered around him basically, and it you know you're following someone who's kind of just despicable in a way, and that's yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a good choice. I don't have a lot to say about him. That's what I'm saying because yeah, there's a, <laughs> because he's that kind of character, and that's there there shouldn't be a lot to say about him, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's kind of that weird. It kind of breaks into reality a yeah. little too much, yeah. <laughs> and so it's kind of I really I really um, kind of toyed with the, putting him on there because it was like that weird. You know, I don't think that Kevin Spacey has been proven guilty of these accusations. So I didn't want to really... Uh, well, yeah, you
2: don't want to go too much into that. Right. But,
0: but then I watched the show on Netflix called Patriot Act, which you guys should watch. It's really funny. Um, and he made a joke at Kevin Spacey's expense, and I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to put him on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, if you haven't seen American Dad, he, he's basically lusting after his daughter's uh, schoolmates. Like American Dad?
2: American, American Beauty? Beauty? Okay. American Beauty. That's you like you said American, American, oh, yeah. American, American Dad. That's, like that's, the, that's a ooh, not, completely different yeah, cannon worm. Okay. Not, not close No up. aliens yeah. in American um, Beauty <laughs> <laughs> at American, all. 100%. So, uh,
0: yeah, American Beauty, he's like lusting after his daughter's uh, schoolmate and he's married and so he essentially wants to cheat on his wife with this younger girl and it's just awful. Uh, so that's what makes him dishonorable on my list.
1: I think that's, based off of how you described it, I haven't seen that one, but... It's I mean, a good like, movie. I, I think I'm going to change my dishonorable yeah. choice.
2: Like, but speaking of changing our dishonorable choice, I literally just remembered <laughs> someone, and I just changed my dishonorable choice. Did I
0: help you remember?
2: No. Damn. But <laughs> I, for some reason, it popped into my head. I've been, I've had a huge list, and I mentioned that, like, Uh, the dad from Finding Nemo was on there at one point and I've just been toiling different characters and then I thought about it and Arrested Development uh, George Bluth Sr. is probably one of the worst fathers I've ever seen on a show to the point where his family doesn't know where he's hidden any of the money he's going to prison for things that his family didn't even know were going on he then leaves prison and doesn't tell them where he is when he's like hiding in their attic he is just he uses people for his own means and he never gets any he there's never any justice for what he does i mean he always just kind of gets away with what he does and continues to mistreat the family and uh and he just he's a fun character to watch extremely fun to watch and he's one of my favorite characters on the show But he is so conniving and terrible to his family that he has to be dishonorable.
0: So you're probably going to hate me, but I've actually never seen Arrested Development. But...
2: You're going to go watch it now?
0: I will go watch (laughs) it, because I do like, um, I don't know, Jason Bateman I think is in it, right? Uh,
2: Yeah, and then also um, Uh, Jeffrey Tambor is who plays George Brooks Sr. Jessica Walters is great. She plays the same exact character in Archer. Um, Is... Is Ed O'Neill in that show, or is that a different show that I'm thinking of? I don't think Ed O'Neill is in this okay. one, but it also has Will Arnett, David Cross, Tony Hale. I mean, I it's got just a, all like great it's a Michael, good, Sarah. Like, yeah. It's an amazing cast. That's
1: one that's always kind of been on my list, but I've just never gotten around to watching it either. Because yeah. like I, I feel like. I, this point in my life I can appreciate like the comedy style yeah. whereas I couldn't when yeah. like it was I think more of a relevant show well that's
2: the thing is like it when it was on and, it, and you know it's come back since it's the only show I've ever seen survive for as long as it has and it was kind of like ahead of its time in the comedy because it's more along the lines of the comedy we're seeing today Yeah. where you there are characters that are so easy to hate and so easy to love for all the other reasons, yeah. and that, thats what I love about Because
1: that was like on around the same time as like The Office and yeah. uh, Parks and Rec, which all had yeah. kind of like yeah. follows somewhat similar comedy yeah, styles, where it's like, the droll, similar, like yeah, yeah. the droll like yeah, the comedy, Thirty Rock. But, but this yeah. one's great
2: because just the cast is great, the sarcasm is great. It's narrated by Ron Howard, which is great. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's an all around fun show. I actually didn't think I was gonna like it, but then someone that I was um, making films with at the time they convinced me to watch it because it was their favorite show so I, I finally sat down and watched it years ago and now I own every season of it and I, I just love it it's, it's so <laughs> by the way the
0: show that I was thinking of is Modern Family oh. which is I think mm. similar I don't know I've never seen yeah. it again. but the parallel that I'm going to make to make this relevant in my world is everything you described is Danny DeVito and Always Sunny he, he's just like the crappiest dad. He pulls oh family goodness. through everything and he gets away with it and they keep him around for God knows what.
2: Alright, he's less disgusting, Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's that's cool. a good way to end the That is this a though. great wrap up.
0: <laughs> cool. We appreciate you sticking with us for this long. As always, you can find us on Facebook at list this podcast. Find us on Twitter, at List This Podcast. (laughs) So
1: find us both on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Yep, yep. The Facebook has spaces, Twitter does not. (laughs) (laughs) This is a big distinction there. And there's that little at symbol in front of uh, Twitter. Um, But as always, I am Josh. You can find me on Twitter at JawsXBird.
2: I'm Cameron. You can find me on Instagram at ThatCameronGuy22. And I'm Jim. You can find me on Twitter
1: at HoldMajimbles. And uh, we will see you next time.